Okay, important question. Given the choice, are you going to go to In-N-Out or Five Guys? Uh, In-N-Out. And can you tell me why? Yes, I can. Uh, first of all, it's a little bit uh, better price-wise. It's easier to afford. Uh, and secondly, uh, it's just better all around. <laughs> and they have really good milkshakes. Their milkshakes are fantastic. That's true. I don't yeah. always get a milkshake, but I'm always tempted at In-N-Out. I don't always either because it's not good for me, but if I could, I would. Welcome to season two of 10 Questions with 10 Pastors, brought to you by Gateway Seminary, with your host, Tyler Sanders. This is 10 Questions with 10 Pastors. I'm the host, Tyler Sanders, Director of Communications at Gateway Seminary. With me today is Zach Edwards, who's Senior Pastor of Trinity Southern Baptist Church in Fresno, California. He's a uh, twice graduate of Gateway, having earned MDiv and DMIN. When did you graduate with your DMIN? That was, what, a couple years ago? Yeah, 2018. 2018. And how long have you been at your church? I have been here at Trinity for three years. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. So that's pretty. Those that pretty soon. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, about you. Um, can you tell me how you became a Christian? Yes, I can. I grew up in a pastor's household, which has a ton of different other issues, but uh, overall, it was a blessing because I was exposed to the joy of folks coming to know Christ early on as a kid, and so celebrating baptisms and all those good things were, um, those were like very natural for me and I looked forward to those. And so, um, I wanted to be, I wanted to be a Christian. I wanted to be somebody that was celebrated for loving Jesus. And so one day I, uh, I was uh, a little kid, like not quite five years old. And so I ran around, I went around telling everybody in church, Hey, I'm a Christian now and I'm getting baptized and began to really, uh, kind of pump it up because I like to be the center of attention. And uh, my mom set me down and said, what are you doing? You're lying. I was like, what do you mean I'm lying? She's like, you're not a Christian. Of course, me being a little kid, I, I broke down and cried because I love Jesus. And for her to say that I wasn't a Christian, basically that I didn't love Jesus yet, was like heartbreaking. Hmm. And so she told me what it meant to be a Christian and who Christians were. And so like that day, I was like, okay, I'm not one, but I want to be one. And so I gave my life to Christ and accepted his forgiveness uh, through that encounter. And uh, still to this day, I'm just so thankful for my mom for calling me out, even though I was a little kid, uh, saying something about myself that wasn't true, which led me to Christ. Hmm. That's really good. Now, you said you've been uh, you've been at Trinity uh, for about three years. Can you tell me a little bit yep. about your, your previous ministry and then how that's informing your work now? Yeah, sure. So uh, I've, been in the, I've been like in associate roles and staff roles um, all throughout uh, college and seminary and that sort of thing. Uh, and then at a seminary, the Lord uh, called my wife and I to go to really a place that uh, wasn't on most people's radar screens. We felt called to go to, play, to a place that was kind of off the beaten path and uh, to plant a church in, in, in a place where there was a very low level of uh, evangelical witness. We thought it was overseas, but God made it clear that it wasn't. It was here in the United States. And so uh, we went to the, the capital of, of Wyoming, the city of Cheyenne, and uh, planted a church. A lot of different circumstances led us there. Won't get into all that here. Hmm. But God was very clear in His sovereignty, led us to Cheyenne. We planted a church there and really learned uh, 
what like organic, um, simple church really looks like from a uh, an evangelism, disciple making, uh, leadership development standpoint, and uh, starting it from scratch was just uh, it was a lot of hard work, but it, it it taught me a lot of things that um, I took for granted being in more established churches with with uh, good leaders and uh, maturing disciples. And so those are really good experience for us. And as the church began to 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 grow, I, I realized that I needed more training to uh, take my uh, leadership responsibilities further. And so that's when I entered in, into the DMN program. A friend of mine had gotten through it and it changed his life he was a better husband a better parent and a, and a better pastor and uh i thought man I, I need that desperately and through that demon experience god also showed me that it was uh it was time for me to move on to uh, another season of ministry and so uh, he called me to to leave the church plant where we were and to partner with the our state convention there in Wyoming to catalyze church planting uh, around the state. So I worked to uh, recruit planters and coach them and, uh, and, and to help them. And, and during that time, I got to see church from a different perspective. Um, I got to look at many different models and organizational structures. And uh, I got to work with some really incredible pastors, uh, some that had um, very little training uh, and some with a lot of training, some with, um, you know, maybe not a ton of skills and some with exceptional skills. But what I saw in all of them was how God used them uh, and designed them for their particular roles in ministry. And and, and through that, it was, just, it was a sweet time for me to grow in my, uh, in my understanding of church and in uh, my realization of, of uh, how, how powerfully God works through through all of us when we're following him and in submission to him. And so, and so through that, um, I, I really began to, to, to increase in my hunger to uh, get back into pastoral leadership, to, to see uh, God work uh, in the church through me personally. So not so much from a 30,000 foot view in the denominational mm-hmm. role, which was a great thing for me. I learned a lot from that, but to take what I learned and to take it back to the, to the local church. And so make it real quick uh, to, uh, we thought about church planting and because of my uh, gateway experiences, um, contacts in California began uh, opening up and uh, thought we were coming to plant, but a friend of mine called and said, Hey Zach, are you sure you want to plant? I uh, thought about it for a while. Then he then he asked me, uh, "There's a a church here in Fresno that uh, I think you might want to consider." And while uh, pastoring an established church was um, not something that I was looking to do, hmm. uh, the Lord used that opportunity to um, really change my focus from from planting churches to watching God bring new life, resurrecting life into an established church that, uh, that he still had, uh, much ministry, uh, left for that church to do. And so, and so those experiences, um, has led us to where we are now. And, uh, all the things that I've learned over the years about church and leadership and certainly of God, um, I'm trying my best to leverage those here to, uh, help us to be the church that uh, our community needs. Now, when you approach, uh, your sermon, when you're getting ready to preach, what what's your view? Like, what's the what's the thirty thousand foot view of uh, preparing a sermon? How are you looking at series themes? How far out are you planning that kind of stuff? 
Sure. Well, I, I tend to look at a couple different things. Number one, what's the need of our church right now? What, what does God want to do? And, and what needs to change in the people or how do they need to grow or how do they need to, to develop more in Christ to get to where, where we need to be to, again, to, to be the church that can um, accomplish the mission that God's given us in our, in our, our area, in our community. And so I try to identify, I'm always, I'm always thinking about where we're going and what needs the people have to get where we're going. Uh, but secondly, um, I, I listen to the, uh, to the burden that I feel like I feel like God's putting in my heart uh, when it comes to um, what He's telling me through through my own experiences um, in my relationship with Christ, and sometimes you know the words that I receive from the Lord in my own you know my, my in my own personal walk with Him, um, you know most of the time they're they're really just for me. But there are times when I I feel that He's speaking to me in my devotional time giving me direction in, in where to go. But there's also a third thing, and I, I said it too, but there's also a third thing that's really important, and that mm. is um, uh, mentors and friends. Um, I, I have a, a, a mentor that I meet with on a very regular basis, and he helps ask the hard questions, uh, where are we, where are we going, what's on my heart? And 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 when I put really those things together, um, it it gives us the direction of where we need to go. And, and normally... Um, I'm not, I'm not the kind of guy, I don't, I don't plan a year out because I think our, our church is in such a dynamic situation to where, uh, we grow a little bit and then God shows us the the next steps. We, we mm. grow mature a little bit and he shows us the next steps. And so I'm, I'm, I'm about like a quarter of the year out. So right now I've got about three months planned and we're, we're walking through that three month, um, schedule. And then about halfway through that three months time and then moving towards the end of it uh will really solidify where, where we're going next and so um that's pretty much where we where we are now and what my practice is and what's your week to week process what's your like what's the what steps do you go through to actually like write out your sermon sure sure the best thing the best thing is having that plan laid out so like i know like I know, you know, months from now when when we'll be preaching, which is great, but I don't I don't think about that too much. What I do during the week is I'm thinking about about the coming Sunday, but also the next one or two Sundays because sometimes in daily life or just conversations with people or in study for the current week, ideas will come for the future, and and I try to you know find where that is coming and uh, uh, and then jot the notes down there for that for that upcoming sermon. So, so preparation, I, I'm really heavy the week of, for the upcoming Sunday, but there's still, um, uh, the forethought to begin thinking and, 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 and writing things down as they come up for mm. the future. But I usually, so for me, um, for our situation right now, for our family schedule and for just my personal, um, spiritual life, I've found that taking Mondays off have been really helpful for me. I used to take Fridays off, and now I take Mondays off, and so and so that gives me a chance to get some space. Mm-hmm. And then on Tuesday, I began to dig into the 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 text, even if it's just a uh, a few a few passes through reading, but just to begin to begin, you know, putting the shovel into it um, and and letting it soak in some. I don't do a lot of um, you know homiletical or even hermeneutical work 
on Tuesday, but just kind of let it sink in, let it let it sit there for a little bit, and then on uh, on Wednesday morning, I don't even go to the office. I stay either I stay at home or find a quiet place outside of the the busyness of the church building, and uh, and really write out my outline. If if any of the listeners um, haven't read this book, I would highly encourage them to read it. It's uh, Jim Wilson's book Impact Preaching. And uh, it really changed the way that I preached. Uh, in the past, uh, I would preach as many points as I thought needed to be preached from the passage. Uh, and quite frankly, there was so much stuff that I would preach that I wouldn't even be able to remember it all, much less mm. <laughs> the audience. Mm. And, and, and through, through his book and through other, um, uh, other things that I've learned through, through Gateway or other places, um, that, that idea of really finding the the one, maybe two or three points that that scripture actually uh, is is teaching is vital. Because I found that in the past, I would be like reaching for things or trying to trying to say something in the text that may or may, or may not have been there. And really just was uh, not always as confident as I wish I had have been that I, I was really uh, grabbing the the authorial intent of the text. And so spending time really outlining the text and coming up with that, uh, with, with, with that one point, or maybe even the couple of points that are in that text, uh, is really crucial. I, I, that's more important to me than even, um, you know, putting in the right illustrations, the right applications, because, um, I found that for me, if I can, if, if by the end of Friday, if I can know what that passage is saying and, and, and have confidence in that, then I can, preach with confidence because I know that I'm partnering with God in saying what God really wanted to say. Um, and so instead of having to moralize or to find some, um, some really good application that I think will make people feel good or feel happy, mm. um, just sticking to that, that point that the text is uh, communicating, uh, that in and of itself is huge because, again, I feel like I have the Holy Spirit on my side, and that's what we want in preaching is to partner with God because uh, He's the only one that can speak to people's hearts, mm. not us. Uh, and then I, I share that point with a trusted friend or a mentor just to make sure that, that they agree that that's what the Scripture is saying. Uh, that's always helpful to me. And then uh, on Thursday, I do administrative work, and so I kind of let it sit for a day. I don't really mess with it for a day. And then on Friday, I come back, and then I do most of the homiletic work, meaning I uh, make it uh, more palatable for the ear, uh, make it more uh, uh, in a way where the listener will be engaged and uh, the application will be faithful to the word, but also practical. And uh, and then uh, on Sunday, I'm sorry, on Saturday evening, or maybe early on Sunday morning, you know, run through it and make a few minor changes and then ready to go. What's the most difficult passage or topic you've preached on? Oh my, that's a good question. <laughs> the most difficult topic or passage. Well, I think the most controversial is usually when you go into the end times, eschatology, Mm. Um, just because people have such a strong emotional, uh, tie to their, to their own, uh, eschatological viewpoint. And for me as a, as a preacher, it is challenging. And maybe for me, maybe the most challenging in, in, in the sense of sticking with the authorial intent. And so, um, for me, it's pretty easy to, to like, for instance, say the first 
three chapters of Revelation where Jesus is speaking to the churches, that's not too hard to preach because it, they're, they're letters for the churches and the, the mm. point is pretty clear. Um, but then when you get into a lot of the, the, the imagery and, um, you know, the apocalyptic writing uh, there in, in Revelation, uh, it's, it's challenging uh, because um, to, to truly understand what God is trying to say to us is so difficult. And, and PhD commentators are all over the map on what it's saying. And so for me, that's the, that's the hardest to, to study, to preach, and also to find unity over there in the body of Christ. Now, you've had experience as a church planner, uh, as a pastor of an established church. You did a lot of denominational work. Uh, you wore a lot of hats. What's a role or responsibility in ministry that you feel is like your sweet spot? And what's one that you're, what's an area that you're working on? Okay. Yeah, that's, that's a great question. Uh, I would say my sweet spot is, um, it's encouraging people. And that comes in different ways. Like in my preaching, I believe that God's given me a spiritual gift to encourage. So in my preaching, it's, it's highly motivational, but again, it's tied to a point. So if the point says, hey, you got to quit doing this, like I'm encouraging people to make changes, but my my strongest spiritual gift is encouragement. And so and so while I might be stepping on toes, it's still an encouragement to become like Christ. And usually, <laughs> thankfully, um, that helps soften some of those those blows and then and then interpersonally like uh, I I really love encouraging and developing leaders uh, and so uh, right now like for instance we have we have a few emerging leaders at our church that are just they're incredible but they have some personal issues or some maybe not personal issues but but just just areas where they need to grow just like we all do mm-hmm. and and for me to to sit down with them and to create plans to help them grow to help them develop, to, to reach their potential in, in the kingdom of God. Um, that's so rewarding for me. What's a, uh, if, if you can, can you tell me a, a swing and a miss you've made in ministry? A swing and a miss. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. So when we planted our church uh, in Cheyenne, um, we, uh, again, we were all on a maturing, we're all on a maturing uh a journey. And, uh, I, th- I thought the church was ready for me to leave. Um, and I think that they, they may, may have been. Um, and I thought that I was leaving fairly well in the sense that I'd formed a, a leadership team and, uh, we were, we looked pretty strong on the outside, but I did not have the foresight to see, to, to see what would happen in a fairly new church. Uh, when the guy that started it and and kind of held it together, I know the Holy Spirit holds it together, but emotionally speaking, mm. the guy that you know held it together left. And I think what I didn't realize was I didn't realize how important the role of the founding pastor really is to the church. Um, I'm not talking about my importance because I mean I I was not an exceptional church planter; I was just a regular guy. But but I. I really tried to leave it in good hands, and it didn't go well. Uh, the with, Within three months, a few of the leaders ended up leaving because of job changes or this or the other, um, and I didn't set them up well to recover from that. Mm-hmm. And then they ended up hiring a, a pastor that um, 
I, I could have done a better job of helping them um, navigate that interim time. Hmm. And uh, eventually the church ended up merging with another church in town. And so that was, a, that was really heartbreaking because um, we, looking back, we could have done some things differently that we, that, uh, that we didn't do in, in, in that handoff. And did I do the best I could? I believe I did, but still, uh, <laughs> in mm. some cases, uh, we learned we learned through our mistakes, and that definitely was was one of those that will probably stick with me for forever. Sure. Speaking of learning, uh, there's a million things a person could learn from seminary. What do you think is like the most important thing a person should take, having earned their seminary degree? Oh my gosh, that is that's man, that's a great one. Assuming that their theology is right, like assuming that they come yeah. out of a good church and they don't have to know who Jesus is and the, mm. you know, the authority of God's word and all that kind of stuff. I think the most important thing that anybody can learn in seminary is how to lead themselves, how, how to grow themselves, uh, how to develop their spiritual lives and their relationship with God. Because once you begin to to be able to, once you're able to help yourself grow and to lead yourself spiritually, then you're in a position where you can lead others. But if you can't lead yourself, then you're very limited in what you can do uh, in leading other people down mm. a spiritual path. And so I think I think that really is, is is number one: learning how to take responsibility for your own spiritual life. So spiritual formation. Um, and those kinds of disciplines are, I think, are the most crucial. Well, that's really good. Okay, my final question for you. If you could, you could go back in time. What advice would you give yourself as a first-year pastor? I would say don't take yourself that seriously. Lighten up. Have a good time. Uh, God is going to do some great things through you, and he's going to do it despite of yourself. So loosen up, lighten up, have a good time, and, and, and trust God. Trust God. If, 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 if nothing else, just lo- loosen up, lighten up, have fun, trust God, because the rest would take care of itself. I like it. That's a great answer. Zach, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, Tyler, thank you. Thank <laughs> you.